recognize real, gon' recognize real, gon' recognize real, real. Only gon' recognize still, still. I reckon I will. Like we always do with this time. Welcome, boy. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome to all my people out there in Radio Land, man. Welcome to the KIRP Radio Show. It's a pleasure to have everybody out there checking out the show, man, listening to us, giving us feedback. And uh, definitely B.I.G. shout out to all my new listeners out there, man. We got a lot of new people that uh, that listen to the show, man. And I'm really appreciative of you guys listening to the show, showing us a lot of love out there. Shout out to all my people in Wilson, N.C., man, all my Wilson, N.C. people, all my North Carolina people, period, man. You guys definitely hold me down, show me a lot of love, um, really put me out there, you know, in, in, the, in the different avenues and, uh, you know, different blogs and different conversations, as as I might say. I uh, I get emails from a lot of different people, <laughs> uh, different to say the least. I mean, a lot of people who agree with the things that I say on this show, um, a lot of people who definitely do not agree with anything that I say on this show, and they could care less about how I feel about things that go on this show and uh, or, or things that I say on this show or what goes on on this show. So, you know, it is what it is, man. It, that's life. 
That's how it is. That's the beautiful thing about living in the United States today. The beautiful thing about living in this world today and, and definitely this country, though, because uh, we have the freedom to express what we feel like expressing. We we can talk about what we want to talk about, no matter if you like it or not. You know what I mean? Sometimes people agree with you and sometimes people don't. Um, commonly, though, a lot of times I find that people say things or do things uh, emotionally. You know, it's, it's not uh, it's not a situation where uh, it's an intellectual conversation going on, you know, a, a battle of the minds, as I like to call it. It's, it's not a jeopardy going on with people. It's just basically emotion. Um, people have e- emotions about what they think should be a certain way. Uh, they have emotions about religion, they social issues, fiscal issues. I mean, you name it, man. Everybody has – everybody feels some kind of emotion to these things. And uh, when you bring them up in a conversation and you start talking about these things, they they, they tend to flare. And, uh, you know, people reach out and, and they get to talking kind of kind of reckless sometimes. And, you know, people really say what's on their mind. And, and you know, I always I'm an advocate for speaking your mind. Like, I, I really want people to speak their mind. I'm, I'm always advocating that, you know, people should say what you feel. You know, don't hold it back. Say what you feel. Say what's really on your mind. And. You can build off that, you know. You you can you can build a beautiful relationship off that. And and the good thing about that is, with with me and my circle of friends and 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 associates for the most part, but my my core group of friends who I call my brothers and my sisters, you know, I I treat them as such. Like you know, the things that we talk about and the, the things that we share are, are definitely from the heart. Like, we don't hold back on each other. We don't disrespect each other. See, and and that's one of the things that people get confused or misconstrued, I think, is that I think people believe that you have to disrespect people or you have to be disrespectful of someone else's else's opinion or or someone else's stance or their view about things in order to keep it real. And that's just not show. So, you know, how I share myself and and how I express myself and how my brothers express themselves with me is uh is totally different from a lot of people man I mean we don't we don't disrespect each other at all we just come off the top and we come from the heart and you know we let bygones be bygones and the good thing about that is when you're screwing up they're going to let you know about it or when you say something stupid I mean have you ever just said something stupid before you know, like it's all emotion. Like I said before, but you know how sometimes we get mad, and it's like you feel a certain way for a short amount of time, just temporary, just right now. This is how I feel right now, and you might say something off the cuff, or you might say something you kind of mean, but not really. You know, just to kind of cut deep, or just to make somebody get out of your way, or just to make somebody, you know, back up. So you might start saying some things that you don't really mean, but you know, it just came off the cuff, man. Somebody pissed you off. Somebody made you mad, and it was a cause and effect type of thing. It was a, a reaction to a reaction a lot of times. And you got to understand that everybody's not the same. You know, when, when tempers flare and things are, are, are really emotional for folks, you know, that's going to happen. So when you're dealing with individuals or you're dealing with your friends or your family or, or, or people like that, you know, you have to understand that it's possible that, they might say something you don't you really don't like. They might say something that really hurt your feelings. But it's also important to remember that 
I'm going to say, I don't know a real percentage of this, but I'm going to say 90% of the time when people do say say things in the, in the heat of an argument or the heat of a debate or, or disagreement or what may have you, they say what they've been thinking. <laughs> That's the crazy part about it, right? I mean, they, they say what they've been thinking all along or they say what's been on their mind or what they've heard before or they speak on things that they've seen before, or they go back to things that you said, which lets you know that they've been analyzing you. And I mean, and, and that's how it goes. So the best the best thing that I can really put out there, the best thing that I can say to folks is if you don't commonly agree with people and you don't have a strong, uh, a strong will, if, if you're a lighthearted person or you know, you 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 are overly emotional type of person, and, and you know people don't like to admit that. Yeah, I, I'm probably overly overly emo- emotional. You know, I'll admit that I'm probably overly emotional about things that I believe strongly on, or things that I know factually that people just don't believe. And you know, sometimes it takes a toll on me. But if you're the type of person who don't have uh, uh, that strong mind and that strong will, and you're not easily the type, you're not the person that that easily forgives people, avoid the people that you disagree with. Avoid the people that are strong personalities and and that speak on things that they believe that are different from you. Avoid people who are just all outright different. Just avoid them. Don't even go around them. Don't comment with them. Don't Facebook and Twitter with them. Don't deal with them whatsoever if you're that type of person because it's only going to cause you heartache and pain. I'm the type of person where I like strong personalities around me. People that I deal with are strong personalities. Sometimes they might get at me. If they're my friend, they might say something that might bother me. But you know what? The greatest thing about that, and because I can handle that, I like those type of people around me. But the greatest thing about that is that you know that they stand true behind every word that they say, nine times out of ten, and you know that they have your best interest at heart. They're not going to tell you some bull crap that that send you off on a, on a never-ending mission that really makes no sense or, or that's not really beneficial for you. You know, hey man, should I buy a car? We just had a car go down. I, I don't know. I, I put that on Facebook because I, hey, I like people to tell me if if this is your profession, dag on it. I want to know what you feel about this. So anyway, we had a transmission go out on the car. I put it online. And you know, all sorts of people started commenting on it, giving me good ideas, good feedback, and I felt like it was a great. Uh, 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 conversation amongst, you know, a difference of people all around the country. You know, people hit me back telling me, hey, this is what you need to do. You might be getting ripped off, this, that, and the other. And I appreciated that. You know what I mean? I, I definitely appreciate that because those folks didn't send me off on a mission somewhere else, you know, all out reckless and crazy, ready to spend all sorts of money. You know, people were really giving you positive and good feedback. And what I found is that if you're the type of person that I just explained, if you're the type of stand-up individual if you're the type of person that speaks your mind no matter what other people think, without being disrespectful, I, I, I got to add that in there, without being disrespectful. Like, if you're that type of person, nine times out of ten, people aren't going to give you bull back. You know, people aren't going to respond to you back with bull. People aren't going to just lie to you. They're not going to They're not gonna yank your chain or what may have you. So, you know, I, I don't know, man. Shout out to all the people out there who are strong-minded. Shout out to all the people out there who likes and don't like KRP Radio. 
it's both personalities that that are, that's growing this show. It's not just the people that agree with me. It's the people that don't agree with me. So, you know, you guys are the reason that we're growing this show. You guys are the, are the backbone of this show. And I definitely appreciate the love that you guys show and the hate that you guys show. I mean, I, I don't get mad, man. I, I know I say some things that probably crawl your skin. And it is what it is. I get that. So, shout out to all you guys, man. You guys make us the number one black conservative talk radio show southeastern united states man and i don't even know if those have changed i don't know if those criteria have changed all i know is we're doing better than 6.5 million last time i checked listeners out there and i'm really appreciative of that the numbers are growing like crazy my apologies for the show last week the uh the dedication show that we did uh for the troops uh you know salute to all my troops out there man anybody out there that knows me Know that I'm I'm a strong, strong, strong supporter of our troops out there. I feel like the troops are kings and queens. You know, I I don't I'm extreme with that. Okay, so I accept it for what it is. You want to criticize me to my fellow conservatives? I know, I know you guys, my fiscal conservatives. I hear you, but I feel like the troops out there should never be homeless. There there should never be a situation where a troop would come home to nothing. I think that America is better than that. I think that we could be better than that, and I think that we could show them more love than that. I'm not saying buy them a $200,000 home. I'm not saying that. What may have you. For, for, for anything in the world, I'm not saying that. But I don't feel like the troops should come home to nothing. I don't feel like – I just think that we should take care of those guys. So, you know, man, buy them a home, put them in a home, put them in a house, and do whatever you got to do to take care of my troops. I'm an avid supporter. I love my troops out there. Salute to all you guys through Veterans Day. Sorry you guys didn't get to hear the Veterans Day show. We had some technical difficulties, even though we had the show and lost the show. But, you know, shout out to anybody out there, man, who participated, who listened to the show. And, uh, you know, all I can say is, man, salute to my troops out there, man. I definitely love you guys and appreciate what you guys bring to the table. I appreciate you guys fighting for our freedoms that we still have in this country. Uh, I, I think it's a, I think it's a misconception or at least a misunderstanding among a lot of people out there because they don't really understand the liberties that we have in this nation, and and it is shocking to me that a lot of people don't understand the freedom that we do have in this country today, the freedoms that we share, the individual freedoms that we share, uh, with just simple things based on the Constitution and based on our troops fighting for that free will to keep that will in this country. And that's why I salute those guys, because it's a choice. There's a lot of places in this world where people don't have a choice to go or not go in the military. We are one country that has we still have that choice. And I value that choice. There's a lot of places where you can't, with all due respect to the highest office in the land, which, which I feel like is the highest highest office in the world, the president of the United States, with all due respect to that office and President Obama, whether I like his policies or not, I don't dislike that man, I don't think, sometimes, maybe. Maybe I do. I can't, I can't bullcrap that. I, I really don't think I like President Obama. I think he's a stand-up guy, stand-up gentleman. I think he's a stand-up father. Seems to be a stand-up husband, and 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 all that good, all that stuff right there. But as a politician, let's say, yeah, that's it. As a politician, as an individual, he's probably cool. Seems to be cool. As a politician, I just don't like that man. But anyway, with all due respect to that man's office, with all due respect to that man in general, we have. There's a lot of places out here that cannot talk against their president, that cannot talk against their government. They can't say a thing about their government out there. You'll be you'll you'll be in prison 
And we still live in the land where we can go around here and talk all this yin yang. And a lot of people who don't know what the heck they're talking about out there, they still stand up, they voice their opinion, and it's heard. You know, it's not hidden. It's not, we don't, you know, there's, there's even countries out there that can't get on Facebook without government intervention. I mean, come on, we live in America. So, folks, if you don't understand and you don't realize that we have some individual liberties that other countries don't have and that we are still a free nation, and I don't mean free in terms of not paying. I mean free in terms of living freely in this nation. We still got a lot of individual freedoms that ain't gone yet, and I'm here to fight for the remainder of them to keep them free according to the Constitution. So shout out to all my troops out there, man. I love you guys. You guys are B.I.G. in my book. We're going to commercial, and then we're coming right back. Shout out to my man Dan Forrest, man. My man Dan Forrest had to win the lieutenant governor election twice. I don't know if that makes sense to y'all. We'll talk about it when we come back. Shout out to Dan Forrest. Shout out to everybody else out there listening to the KRP Radio Show. We are number one. We are. I'm black. The show's, I'm black. You know, black conservative. That's me. So that's what we are. And it's my show. So we're the number one black conservative talk radio show. Southeastern United States with over 6.5 million. It might be near seven, man. I don't know. We'll be right back with Charlotte from StretchingYourBudget.com. Geico really save you 15% or more on car insurance? Did the little piggy cry wee, wee, wee all the way home? Wee! Wee, wee, wee! 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 Radio show, man. No matter where you are, you guys make us the number one black conservative show, Southeastern United States, and I love you for that. If you are on Facebook, hit us up, facebook.com backslash KIRP radio show. We're also on iTunes, baby. Look up the iTunes podcast, KIRP radio and show. Three words you can find us. You can get all the old shows. You may even can get that veteran show that we seem to have lost. Somehow out there in Radio Land. Blog Talk, man, 
shout out to Blog Talk, man. But y'all, y'all tripping, man. We we had some trouble even getting this show together tonight. And uh, thank God for sound checks. Anyway, also, folks, we are on Twitter, man. Twitter.com slash K-I-R-P Radio Show or e- or simpler, at symbol K-I-R-P Radio Show, at symbol N-C Pudgy. Leave your comments, man, and, and let us know what you feel about the show. Let us know about the topic tonight and how you feel about the things that are going on and whether you agree or disagree. It doesn't matter. I don't know it all, man, but, you know, everybody got their own opinion. Everybody's entitled to an opinion. I mean, this is America. That's the beautiful thing about America. Opinions. We are very opinionated. Anyway, I'm procrastinating and wasting time. I got to take this moment and bring on, I wish I had that Keith Murray joint, the most beautifulest thing in this world. Y'all know about that? Anyway, welcome to the show. Charlotte from Triad Super Saver, stretchingyourbudget.com. What's up? What's up? I'm doing good, Charlotte. I feel good tonight, man. How about you? I can tell. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I got some hot tea in here with, with no additions, by the way. It's just regular hot tea. Shout out to my baby for that. Yeah. I don't see you as a hot tea drinker. <laughs> see? See, you don't see? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a tea party guy, man. You know, we, we drink That's hot tea. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to my tea party folks out there. See, that that went in well right there. But, you know. Anyway, Charlotte, how was your week? It was good. It was, was it? rushed, but good. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's crazy when the weeks are rushed and... So much is going on, and you're trying to keep up, and you know that's life, though. You know, especially life of a parent. You know what I mean? Yes, definitely. Yeah. So, how's the family? How was your week? My week was. Oh, they're good. They're good. Okay. Yep. Well, you know, my week is always rushed. I got the basketball team over here. Well, four of the Fab Five. My my Fab Fifth will be here this week for Thanksgiving, and uh, Charlotte, Thanksgiving is around the corner. And I asked you before, should we buy turkeys early? And Mm -hmm. I couldn't find no daggone turkey, man. (laughs) I found found some hens. Yeah, I couldn't find no turkeys. I went to look for turkeys. I couldn't find any turkeys at all. And then I realized we had one in the freezer, which we ain't cooking. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, I ain't messing with that bird. We got to get a new bird. But anyway, Thanksgiving is around the corner. And I don't know what you have planned for us tonight, but if you could drop us some Thanksgiving jewels, that would absolutely be wonderful. I know that would help some of our listeners out there. And I'm going to shut up and drink my tea while you're talking, unless you ask me a question. <laughs> okay, well, I can get started. I, well, I mean, for us, you know, I'm past the whole cooking thing. And, you know, my biggest holiday of the year will be Friday. So that's kind of what I was going to talk about, but I can certainly talk yeah. about Thanksgiving, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think people are more in tune. See, all right, here's the thing. I don't want to throw you off, but I know people are more in tune with Black Friday than they are with Thanksgiving. Um, people know what they're going to cook for Thanksgiving. Most people know where they're going to buy the turkey from. Shout out to all the boss men out there who are buying turkeys for people. And, you know, I, people know they're going to cook a hen or they're going to cook a, a ham or, you know, whatever it is. And some people, they're not even going to cook. They're going to go eat out. I mean, things have changed over the years, and I get that. But Black Friday? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think people want to know about that. I know that people want to know about that. Let them know something, Charlotte. Okay. Well, that's my most favorite um, time of the year as far as shopping goes. I look forward to this day all year. So I am thoroughly excited. Um but I just wanted to give you guys some quick tips on, you know, how to survive Black Friday shopping. 
If it's your first time going to shop on Black Friday, then you're in for a real treat. And if you're an experienced um, Black Friday shopper, then you know what the excitement's all about. So, um, basically, my number one rule for Black Friday shopping is to not go alone. I say that for several reasons. One, because people are crazy and you need backup. Two, you want to have an additional person or two or three or four because you can't possibly wait in all the lines for all the items that you want at the same time. So you need to have several different people in line to get certain items. So my husband, Ben, usually goes with me, which this year I was kind of bummed because I found out that he doesn't really like doing this, but he just goes because he supports me. And so... That might sound sweet, but I really thought this was something that we both enjoyed, so it's kind of a bummer for me, but that's my side note. Um, but anyway, so we usually take me and then my dad will go and then some friends of ours, and we split up. So most likely um, you're going to have somebody that's going to want the same thing you want. So you team up and, you you know, we pick different lines and one person will get three of one thing and one person will get three of one thing or however it goes, so... Um, just depending on what store you go to and what their limits are, but most of the time that works. And, um, you know, the third reason for that is because it keeps you company. You're waiting in line a lot of times, a long line, and it's nice to have somebody there just to chat with and, um, you know, just shoot the breeze or whatever it may be. So don't go alone. That's my number one rule. Safety first, divide and conquer second, and communicate and share stories third. So. Um, my next big rule would be to plan ahead. Um, this kind of is my rule in anything to do with money or couponing. Um, you can't go wrong with planning ahead. But with Black Friday, you really want to plan ahead because you want to know what the deals are before you go, and you want to have a plan. So, um, for example, Walmart has their three different sales times. So that means they've got select items that are going to go on sale three different times. So they're um, starting at 8 p.m. this year, so you're going to have 8 p.m., 10 p.m., and 5 a.m. So you've got different items that are going to go on sale at those different times. So you need to know what time you need to be there, 8 o'clock, to get what items, if you need to come back at 10 or 5 or or however it may be. So plan ahead. Um, Walmart typically is my number one choice. Um, they just have a big variety of items that are going to be on sale and a lot of times they're the best deals. So, um, you know, some of the other stores might have a really one hot ticket item, but it's only one item. So I'm going to wait in that long line for one silly TV or whatever when I can go pay, you know, 10 or $20 more at Walmart, but I'm going to get a lot of my items checked off my list. So um, for us, Walmart typically where we um, go, so plug in for Walmart, (laughs) even though that wasn't meant to be. But um, so anyways, just prepare, take your ads, um, make sure you go. We've already typed out, I actually typed out the entire Walmart and Target Black Friday ads, divided them by the start times of their sales, and then broken them down by categories within that. So you can see, you know, 
8 p.m. sales time, all the different items that will be on sale, and they're broken down by category like entertainment, gaming, sports, that kind of thing. So, um, you know, it's already broken down for you. You can just kind of highlight the stuff you want and uh, check them off your list as you go. But we've kind of done that other part for you so you don't have to sit there and flip through pages because they just kind of got the different times on different pages. It's not really in any kind of order, so it's kind of hard to read. So hopefully we've made that a little bit easier for you. Um, so anyways, plan ahead. Um, and the next big thing that I want to point out is price matching. Um you know, a lot of you might think it's time-consuming and not worth it, but um, I would totally recommend doing price matching. Walmart um, and Target both do price matching, and um, Walmart for sure will be upholding their price matching policy during Black Friday. So what that means for you is um, you could bring in, let's say, a Toys R Us flyer, and there's a top toy that you want, but instead of waiting in that Toys R Us line for that one item, you can go to Walmart, provided they have the exact identical item that you want, um, and get that price match during that time. So um, some things to remember with that, you have to have the actual flyer with you to go when you take to Walmart. Um, you can't have a printout copy. It has to be the actual flyer you get from the paper. Um, you have to get the exact item. It's got to be the same model number, same type. Everything has to be the same. And then also if there's a time restriction. So let's say the sale on the flyer at Toys R Us was from um, 8 p.m. to 1 a.m., you have to get that exact item at Walmart during that time frame. So um, just make sure you've got your ducks in a row. That's why I say planning ahead is key. Um, but the price matching will help save you from doing a lot of shopping all over town and waiting There's a ton of lines for no reason. You can just do it all in, in one shop. So, um, you know, the only downside is Target has a lot of Target-only kind of items that they, they carry just Target specifically. So you might not be able to, you know, take some of those items to Walmart um, or vice versa. So just make sure you plan ahead. Um, and then take advantage of those um, extra things that they're doing. So um, another thing is, um, and, and this is kind of rumor, but um, I have heard, you can check at your local Walmart possibly, but um, Walmart is going to be allowing you to, um, let's say you go in tomorrow and put an item on layaway that's going to be on sale on Black Friday, you can pull it out on Black Friday and pay the Black Friday price, even though you put it in a layaway three days ago. So um, that, like I say, is probably per store, um, but I've just kind of heard rumor mill about that, so that might be something else that you could check out. Um, but that's just, like I say, rumor, don't say Charlotte told me this, but, um, you know, another thing to keep in mind. So just planning ahead, partner up, go in teams, and um, I think that you guys will have fun. I I love Black Friday, despite the crowds, despite the crazy people. It really is just a fun time to hang out. So. Well, I ain't going out there. <laughs> oh, you're missing out. Have you ever been? Man, you know what? I think I've been, nah, not in the last five years at least. Oh, my gosh. It's so much fun. It's hilarious to watch people and some of the things they do. With my luck, man, I I get tra- I'll be one of them people. God forbid that get ran over, like, and I don't mean by a car, I mean by people. It's not I, like I, that here. At least. Are you sure? 
Oh, all right. All right. Yes. I'm, I'm just scared of Black Friday. I mean, it's I mean, called Black New York, Friday. Maybe. Hey man, I don't know. I mean, it's you know when the I think the last time I went out with Black Friday was when Elmo first came out, the dancing Elmo. That's been a minute, right? Oh yeah, that's been yeah. A while. I, yeah, I think I, I mean, went out then. The, you know when it, we we the, our first year was three years ago when we we did it and we camped out in Target um, oh, outside yeah. with chairs for several hours. This is when they started Black Friday at like you know midnight or whatever it was, two a.m. Um, so now they're starting to get smart, but with that, you know, stores open at 8 p.m. on on Thanksgiving, you're going to have more competition. At least at 2 a.m., I was the crazy one in line, but I was first, you know, I was number five in line or whatever. Now everybody's up at, at you know, whatever time, and they can go wait in line after they finish eating their turkey. So, you know, it provides its challenges also, but, you know, the reason why I say I like Walmart, and I know I'm on Walmart, but they have it's all inside. You don't have to wait out in a line, but they have different pallet sections inside the store. So they'll give you a map when you walk in, and you have to go locate the items that you want. So they're all shrink wrapped on a pallet. You, nobody can even get inside it because it's shrink wrapped. But they just have a sign saying this is what item is going to be here, here, you know, whatever. It's all throughout the store. No section. It's not like the TVs in the TV section. It could be over in the home and gardens or whatever. But um, you just get in a line behind that pallet, and then once the time comes on, you know, get ready. They have an attendant at each one, making sure people aren't acting crazy. So it's just very organized. <laughs> they got their stuff together, and it, you know. <laughs> so you you got no horror stories about Black Friday? I, it's got to be some horror stories out there. Like I, I can't see you getting in a fight with anybody, but come on. No, I mean, even the night when we were at Target, they had police officers out there, and, you know, it was a single-file line. They were like, if you run, you'll get kicked out. I mean, they were serious, so that's why I say (laughs) it really hasn't been crazy. Now, I will say that the people that are fighting over the $5, like, Wii games, once that opens, it's like free-for-all. People are diving in there, you know. I kind of crawled under, did army crawl, and got some games, and then sold it over (laughs) in the baby section. (laughs) But yeah, it's just what? a lot of fun. <laughs> Charlotte, I'm tripping over here, man, because I I think they just put that up there too. I I never camp. You camped out. I mean, I know a lot of people camp out. I hear about it all the time. But you're like the most frugal person in the world. I, so I I can't see you camping out. I can see you having like five coupons or something, but I can't see you camping out. What, what did you camp out for? What what was the uh, the main item or what what made you camp out anyway? Um, well, the first night we camped out, it was for a TV and the two, like, dual headrest DVD, portable DVD players you put in the car. Yeah. You know, that, so that was, like, a big thing three years ago. Of course, now it's kind of old school, but, yeah, that's <laughs> what we camped out for, <laughs> a TV and a, yeah, dual headsets. Last year, I'm trying to think of what we camped out for. I don't know. I can't remember. So, do you uh? Yeah. Do, do you have uh? <laughs> do you still have those that you camped out for? Those TVs? Nope, we don't. Mm-mm. We've actually sold the TV on Craigslist and returned the um and had the TVs at, like not long after they stopped working. <laughs> oh man! So you did all you had to stay up all you did all that camping out and then you had to take them back. <laughs> see, see how it goes, man. That's crazy, man. 
619-638-8559. I bet it was fun camping out. I mean, it, you know, here's the thing. Like, I don't want to camp out for an item, but I would love to, like, just do it with my kids. I would love it's to just so go out fun. there and, and take my family in. Yeah, but I'll get cold, man, and I'm, you know, I'm the complainer. That's I'm what like they a, get at Walmart. It's inside. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I can pitch my tent in front of the thing? Wait, you probably don't want to pitch a tent, but. <laughs> no, nah, I'm joking. My, Make it this is bad to say, but my dad went over to the sports section and got the folding chairs and got them out yeah. and sat in front of it. See, your pop, your pop like yeah. me. I would have got to improvise. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, coordinate. You gotta coordinate. Yeah, he just comes to keep him keep my spot in line. You know, he's not really there to buy anything. That's what's up, man. Shout out to your pop for that. They gotta take care of his little girl. I'm not mad at him at all. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, all right. So, you know, we got Black Friday coming up. We got Thanksgiving coming up. But then, coming up, then we got Black Friday coming up. But we got you got three messages on here that uh, Jay just sent to me. One was a person asked, they said, well, what about just waiting until Cyber Monday instead of going out in all the craziness of Black Friday? So what what is there about Cyber Monday? Cyber Monday um, is basically, if you aren't sure, but it's basically the Black Friday of online. So you can shop online. Every major retailer has specials going on on Cyber Monday. Mm-hmm. So usually they'll start at a certain time. You'll just have to check with you know, usually it starts at like 12 a.m. or whatever. So you can get get on the computer and grab your items. And the good thing about shopping online on Cyber Monday is that you can find coupon codes that you can apply to your cart, um, you know, and lower your price and also, you know, find free shipping codes. And you don't have to get up out of your comfort of your own home and get out of your pajamas or whatever it may be. But I will say... I have found that Black Friday deals tend to be better um, just because you're not, I mean, you can get like a big 60-inch TV online, but you're probably going to have to pay shipping or whatever. So if, it, if it's big ticket items, I mm-hmm. say Black Friday is better. But for like clothes, toys, um, gaming kind of stuff, Cyber mm-hmm. Monday is, is definitely awesome. They have some really good deals. They just don't put their ad. It's not like there's going to be an early Cyber Monday ad you mm-hmm. can prepare for as well. So some of the downsides. Also, with that, really quick side note, but you can go online at a lot of these places, like Walmart is doing, um, You can and, and Target both. Black Friday, you can shop online and get some of the same deals. So if you don't want to fight the crowds, you can still get some of these same things online on Black Friday. That's pretty cool, though. You got um. Well, I I think it answers mine. That was from a listener, by the way. So shout out to the listener who sent that in too. Uh, another listener <laughs> named uh, Clarine said that uh, it's pretty long. I, I guess in the summary of what she was saying, shout out to you, Clarine. Thanks for the message too, by the way. Uh, Clarine says, "Don't forget about rain checks." Uh, she said there's a lot of people, a lot of places out there you, where you can go and get a rain check for the item instead of waiting in line for it. Is is that really true? Is is that something that, you know, people can do instead of waiting in line for it or, or to maybe get ahead of the curve? Um, a lot of places are not honoring their rain checks for black oh. guys. So um, <clears throat> Target, I know for sure, is not going to be giving out um, rain checks. It's just based on availability. So once they're gone, they're gone. They um 
So, yes, yeah, some of these really hot prices, stores are not um, offering rain checks. Walmart, not that I know of, even offers rain checks. So um, I, don't, I don't think you can even do that there. But I know Target, um, I did read already that they will not be giving out rain checks for um, Black Friday prices. So you'll just have to check with your local store and see if it's something that they're doing. Um, but most of them aren't because it's such a heavy discount, and they're only allowed so many items per store at that price. Right. So, but that's a good point. Rain checks are very valuable most of the time, but Black Friday, um, a lot of retailers are not honoring um, rain checks. That's B.I.G., man. That that was a, a good question, too. And, and shout-out to Clarine out there. And we had one more, but shout-out to you. Uh, we'll try to get to that next week. That was more about uh, Christmas, and, you know, we'll go over that stuff later. Shout-out to everybody out there who listens to Charlotte's segment. Charlotte, you know, before you go, you, you know, you have to, you know, do your thing, right, that thing that you do. <laughs> My shout-out. Yeah, you got to give a shout-out. I'm never prepared for. It's all good. Just <laughs> one shout-out will be good. Uh, um. Shout out to my in-laws for taking one of my children today and giving me a little break. <laughs> I like that. Shout out let, to your in-laws. Let her ride her bike. Yeah. So it's there it is. My family. I mean, it's it's all good. Shout out to your family. They hold you down. That's what it's all about. Our family should hold us down and your family of ours. And we definitely appreciate you being family and holding us down on the KRP radio show. Thank you very much. See you next week. Thank you for having me. <laughs> no doubt. Everybody, 619-638-8559. That was Charlotte from StretchingYourBudget.com, the triad super saver herself. We're going to go to a call. I just got a message here from my good friend, Bill Flynn. Shout out to Bill Flynn. How you doing, my brother? Hey, Pudgy. You know, if I can't get you to call my show, I guess I have to call yours. (laughs) (laughs) Almost choked, man. I was drinking some tea, but thank you for getting at me like that. No, look, Bill, I, I got you. Last week was crazy. I got you, I got your message late, and when I did get it, the show was already over on Friday. So I, I, I'm going to make it up to you. I definitely want to call into your show. I might even actually come up there and, and sit with you or something. Hey, that'd be great. We'd love to have you. And if you want to give me a plug on, for the show on your show, I'll appreciate it. And we talk about conservative stuff all the time, too. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, I- and- if you don't mind, I'll just jump it in there. It's AM980, The Eagle. You can find us at eagle980.com. The cool thing is when Pudgy's on the radio, I'm not, and when I am, he's not, unless we call each other. So there you That's go. That's right. <laughs> I love it. That Bill, you guys, if you don't know about Bill, he covers a lot of different topics, too, though. It's not It's not always like me. Like, I'm always ranting about something. But, you know, <laughs> Bill's not always ranting. No, he, he's more of a, a, a genuine Good guy. He's a good host, and, you know, I, I like Bill's show, man. I, I don't know why I haven't called in yet. I, something changed about your show uh, uh, pretty recent, though, right? Well, if, uh, you know, I ran for uh, for Congress, and I sure. failed in the uh, failed to get enough votes in the primary. So after that congressional run, I thought, well, you know, I've done a lot of radio. I helped help, uh, launch uh, News Talk 94.5 in, mm-hmm. in Greensboro, and that, that kind of went away, and then I ran for office, and then I – I uh, say, well, maybe do some radio and pay off some of that campaign debt, which I'm doing now. So we launched our new station on the Fourth of July, and uh, it's it's you know, it's news talk, it's conservative, and it's uh, it's really a whole lot of fun. So uh, that's kind of the, and of course, long before that, back in 1983, mm-hmm. um, we helped launch a brand new station called 99.5 WMAG. So that's that's kind of my history. But uh, I was going to ask, you, I don't, I'm not a big 
In fact, I'm a zero Black Friday guy. I could <laughs> care less. I don't know. I don't even want people I I know and love to go out on Friday because they can get hurt. If you listen, if you stand between a woman and a bargain, you can get hurt. <laughs> I know that, brother. No <laughs> doubt. I don't, and I don't stand in the way either. I, I don't. I don't do the Black Friday. Like, like I was telling Charlotte, I, I just don't do the Black Friday. I never have. Mm-hmm. I just don't get excited about you know being around a bunch of folks for the same item. I, that's just not me. Yeah, it's the whole uh, competitive consumption thing that. I mean, if people want to do it, that's fine, and uh, that's that's their choice. This is America. It is based in capitalism, so theoretically I'm fine with it, but I just don't want to roll around in it. I, I would much rather. I mean, the, the the Black Friday thing is starting Thursday, you know, yeah, at 8 o'clock yeah, at some is. of these places. So give that's me right. a break. Golly. <laughs> but, you know, I did want to bring something up a little bit off topic if you got a second. And I absolutely I wanted, do. You know, as a conservative guy, and by the way, last time I saw you speak uh, was at the uh, Joe Miyoki uh, Constitution Day uh, Tea Party. That I'm sure the video you've posted on your website somewhere, but it, it, if if you didn't see Pudgy in person, uh, he had the crowd on their on their feet clapping and cheering, and one of the one of the most exciting uh, presentations we had that whole day, and I, I was there the whole day, so I know because mm-hmm. uh, I hosted part of it. But uh, thanks again for those great words, and I just wish, I, I, I just wish those words had had even more power across, you know, your listening audience and uh, and across the country, because uh, we may have ended up with a little, you know, different result on the national election, not so much in North Carolina, but um, you know about uh, how things turn. So, but one thing. Uh, I want to. I'm, I may talk about. I'm planning to talk about this on the show tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you heard? I had a guy tell me at the polls, and there's also been another discussion point I saw on Facebook tonight uh, that people, at least some, are saying, "Listen, it's it's 2012, and our Constitution is so old, and you know, it's kind of like it's let's update the Constitution. Let's let's put it." Wow. You know, to, for America 2012, not America 1776, and and I think that whole idea may be getting out there. Have you heard anything like that? And and you know, what what do you think about that? I, I haven't heard a lot about that, Bill, but I have heard some uh, some some language, you know, recently lingering uh, about an up to date constitutional. Let's do away with the old constitution, and um, I, I just I, that's that's. That's a pretty scary thought for me, Bill. I don't, I don't know because if you look at, okay, let, let's look at it like this. Our forefathers, I, I feel like, and and this is just me. Now, this is my opinion, but I feel like our forefathers were led by God to create this document, and I don't, I, I feel like this document is a living document, not equal to the Bible, but a, a, a document, um, sort of like the different uh, parables in the Bible or the different books in the Bible. So, you know, for its good, for the good of the Constitution, I think that will stand the test of times forever. I don't think that the good of the Constitution needs to be changed. And if, if you look at some of the some of the things in the Constitution, we have amendments for those that have been discussed and things have changed, you know, throughout time. And we fixed uh, issues that are, has aroused and that has arisen, and uh, you know there there have there has been some changes, quote unquote. But you know not the Constitution itself. But if you look at the leaders of today, and you look at where we are in the country today, and how we are being led 
I don't think that there are anybody, and, and, and I'm going to say this, this goes for conservatives, Republicans, Democrats, whatever. I personally don't think that there there's anybody out there today that could reconstruct this document for which it stands to a better purpose to attest the times the way that the Constitution has already built. That's just how I feel about it. Well, you know, what I think a lot of people in, uh, don't understand, too, that let's say you wanted to, you know, let's say we decided as a as a nation or our leader said, oh, it's time to update the Constitution. Mm-hmm. That, you know, I'm not talking about making amendments to the Constitution, and we already have that built in, but I'm right. talking about people that want to say, you know, we need to change, you know, c- kind of like, um, you know, taken from the King, if you want to use the Bible as an example, from King James into contemporary wording, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and here's the concern, too, and I share your concern. I, I, I don't think uh, <laughs> there's nobody I can think of that I would trust in any position of leadership to yeah. um, to handle that job. But here's the thing that people, I think, don't understand or don't know about. In order to change the Constitution, we would have to have a constitutional convention. And people say, well, that's a big deal. Just get together and everybody decide. But in all <laughs> of our history, we've only had one constitutional convention. And that happened when we had, you know, the Articles of, uh, of, of Confederation. And we uh-huh. wanted to put together, we just wanted to change just a couple of things about it. And what happened was we ended up with a brand new, totally rewritten Constitution. Thank God it is the one that we have now. Right. But the point the point there is, in a constitutional convention, there is utterly no expectation, well, maybe an expectation, but there's no promise that just because you go in with a constitutional convention, you're going to get anything at all with in the final analysis of what you started to go into it for. There is no guarantee when you have a constitutional convention, for instance, that you could come – there's no reason you couldn't come back and say, hey, you know that unalienable rights thing? Those are gone. Uh, you know that thing about having the ability to protect yourself, the Second Amendment? That's, that's oh, gone man. too. This whole thing – and that's what we would be opening ourselves up to. So I, I think there's some folks saying, you know, well, it sounds good. Maybe want to change the word, uh, uh, you know, endowed by our creator to something like uh, universally human or those kinds of things, uh, which would be a really bad idea in itself. But I think it's real important to know that uh, to change the Constitution, I'm not talking just by amendment, but I'm talking about changing, you know, updating it, whatever you want to say, for 2012, that you could go in and we could lose everything in this country uh, that is constitutionally protected. And there there are so many, I I won't say a whole lot of people, but there are a lot of folks that do not understand uh, what they're asking for when they talk about this kind of thing. You know, and I, and I go back. My my buddy Shane Krauser. I don't know if you've met him. He has a radio show out in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. But you know, he talks about, hey, what what's outdated about being endowed by our Creator? What's uh, with unalienable rights among <laughs> these life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, and the Declaration? What's outdated about you know uh, a limited government? What's outdated about the states under you know, under the Nothing. Tenth Amendment? You know, uh, what's outdated about not incriminating yourself? What's outdated about, you know, being secure in your papers and and not having total access to everything that that goes on about you? And uh, these are are real important and fundamental questions. And I guess my great concern is, do you think, uh, when you 
with your audience, the people you talk to, the people you see, do people know how incredibly profound it is, um, uh, the document of the Constitution, and the fact that our rights don't come from government. They come from God, and it's it's the government's job to protect those rights, you know, these basic things. Do people really understand that today? No, no. Not at yeah. all. I, I think that I think the general population uh, as a whole don't realize uh, what this document does for us, how, how it protects us, how it continues to protect us. And and I think because of that is why we have so many wide views today, why we have so many people just really not believing in it. They don't believe we need it. You know, people really think that we can have an entity like like the and, and I'll get on my soapbox for a minute. But people really believe that we can have an entity who has done everything basically wrong for which it stands, which is the United States government, in terms of governing the people uh, by mandate. I think people really believe that the government will take care of us or, or just by the good, the good nature of the government. I don't even know how to put it because it sounds so ridiculous to me to, to even believe that. You know, folks are really at that point where they can they really believe that the government is, quote unquote, going to really take care of you through all aspects of life. And I I just don't get that. I don't see that. But, Bill, you know what? This is where we are. You know, this is what Uh people believe. They don't folks don't commonly read the Constitution. A a lot of people don't even know about the Articles of Confederation. They don't know about uh, uh, the Bill of Rights. Schools don't teach it as much. It's it's a one day, you know, one chapter, one day, and it's gone. So the importance of probably the most important living document that protects us in this land is just skipped over as if it doesn't even exist. Yeah, and, you know, along that same line of thinking, you know, I find people that say, well, you know, uh, we we can't have – I actually had somebody tell me the other day that, you know, the Constitution is a is an amoral document. And, you know, that it is not a moral, it's neither moral or immoral, that morality is not part of the Constitution. And my response is, listen, you know, every law has a a moral underpinning. You know, does anybody question uh, the fact that our founding fathers used Judeo-Christian tenets to build the framework of of our country, the Constitution? Does anybody question the fact that John Locke, you know, who preceded our founding fathers, right. the philosopher, articulated that rights come from God, and we we codify that in the Constitution. Now, our founders, I think, understood that liberty of individuals' belief was had to be protected, but that doesn't. And so often, I think people want to say, "Well, we got to get religion out of, or you know, separation of church and state," or, without understanding or thinking. If all law flows from morality and enforcement of law flows from morality, for instance, if I get a parking ticket, it's not the same penalty as if I go you know, and hold up a bank or something like that. There's mm-hmm. a different penalty. Why? Because there's a moral decision to say That's one right. thing is worse uh, than another, and the punishment Should or the enforcement of that law has to be greater. And right. those are clearly – moral considerations it's Absolutely. it's absurd to suggest that those are are without morality but the the thing we get into i think and and i want to see what you think about this is people will say well yeah we can't have morality in the constitution we can't have uh, uh we got to change the constitution because you know it, it, it's got to be open to every faith uh, it's, we got to go atheistic you know we can't have any mention of a doubt by the creator god's not part of the country la da 
And if you think about it, the only reason we're allowed to exercise our God-given rights, Mm -hmm. it's because we do have a morally defined and a morally limited government. And that's the only reason we even have atheists. That's the only reason we, we allow people of faith and no faith to have you know equal protection under the law and and that doesn't mean though and that's just the american view but it doesn't mean that suddenly our country has to say well we can't have we have to relegate our constitution to either an atheistic or a non judeo christian <laughs> mooring you know what i mean those are, i know exactly what you mean those are individual liberties and and you know what bill here's the thing man and and i can't sugarcoat it no more the problem is Folks just don't want to believe in God because folks want to do what they want to do when they want to do it. And they don't want any document, any God, any Jesus. They don't want anybody telling them what to do. Whoa, they want whoa, to have their... you, wait, wait, wait. You said Jesus. Whoa. Yeah, oh, yeah. I said Jesus over here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We say Jesus over here because we know what's real. I, I, listen, man, I, I love who you want. I mean, believe in what you want. I'm just saying I know what's right for me, and I feel like I know what's right for you. <laughs> but, you know, you don't have to agree with me. But in terms of talking constitution, folks just don't believe in God like they used to, Bill. And, 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 and listen, you're right. We don't as a country. And, in fact, if you look at the most recent election, you can see a very clear dividing line mm-hmm. across nearly every demographic um, of, of how there's a, you know, even a, a split in our country, and it, I think it's you know like I think the last thing I saw was twenty percent of Americans are have utterly no you know religious affiliation, no and don't don't believe in God at all. And as Americans, it, it is our option to believe that. But it, there's a far different thing than having no belief in God, and then saying the government can no longer rest on the foundations of Judeo-Christian principles. Those are the only – only by virtue of the fact that our country is based on liberty, which is under God, can any of these people have any sense of protection? If you question that that point, I have a job for you. I want you to go open up um, a, a Baptist church in Mecca and see how that works for you. <laughs> yeah, you know? I, yeah, imagine that. You know, it, 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 That's all we can do is imagine it because it ain't – it is never – Gonna happen, and uh, I, I just think it's it just gets back to how special, you know, our country is. And heck, if we want to go camp out starting Wednesday for Black Friday, uh, so be it. And if yeah, we, we can uh, do that. Yeah, we need to be able to do that. But I'm really concerned. You mentioned your kids and want you know if you're going to camp out, just camping with your kids. I'm really concerned that you know the generation of your children and, and my sons who are older. They're in their, all my boys are in their twenties. Mm-hmm. That the eclipsing liberty that we're seeing, you know, Newsweek's got a cover. If I, the one I saw was not doctored, but um, a cover of essentially we're, you know, the new America, you know, implying that we're, we're going socialist. And we've got to say, well, no, I mean, we, we've got to push back on that. You know, redistribution of wealth is really just stealing. That's all it is. And, and socialism is exactly that. And I have to, you know, we all have to kind of say, by what authority does the government act? And when we – the other thing, uh, I don't want to take your whole show, but I'm just – Oh, go ahead, brother. We're good. it out this, loud here. Is, 
Yeah, that's fine. This is what we talk the, about on the regular. The basis. other thing, I have a, a friend who's now deceased, but he was a World War II veteran. His name was Charlie Snow. Uh, and he ran a restaurant for many years in Kernersville called Snow's Good Food. And it's mm-hmm. it's still in operation under a different name now. It's, it's a great place to eat called Fitz on Main now in Kernersville. But I had just come back from France on a radio trip to, for the Olympics, and this was back in 92. And I, I said, uh, I said Charlie, knowing that he had fought in World War II, I said, what do you think of the French? <laughs> and he looked at me and said, well, let me tell you about the French. Uh-oh. And uh, and uh, what his point was this. He said, the Germans gave us the luxury of at least knowing they were the enemy. The French were not as considerate, okay? Wow. So they could go either way. And I, as a conservative, Pudgy, and, and I think this needs to be said, and uh, whether you, whether you, I don't care what you are, this is, I, I believe, the absolute truth. The Republican Party is the equivalent of France because we we don't know what we're getting so often with our Republicans. You know wow. our great our great disappointment, and you could argue the, the the greater treachery is when we send people to Washington or send them to be on our county commissions or whatever, or in the presidency or what have you. That if they run as um, as Republicans and conservatives, and then they get there and then they become something else, they go French on us. <laughs> that's a great. That is a greater assault, almost. Then at least the you know the people that are liberals that we know are going to do the wrong thing consistently that they, at least they're not trying to convince us otherwise. Um, wow. And I think you know we've got to hold hold up those feet to the fire and and, and uh, on all of these elected positions. And one last thing, I, gosh, it's after nine o'clock. Um, no, that's, that's a powerful statement though, Bill. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but that, no. that's a very powerful statement. And and you know earlier this week I. I I'm always posting something on Facebook, and and I put something about uh, if the president was a Republican, he'd be Mitt Romney. And I know folks didn't like that. I know they didn't appreciate that. But fiscally mm-hmm. speaking, I can prove it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fiscally speaking, it's the proofs in the pudding. And, and this is what we're dealing with, and this is why this country is in such a divide and there's so much turmoil is because we have two individuals, one claimed to be representative of one group, one claim to be representative of another group. There's, there, you split them dead in the even. They're supposed to disagree mm-hmm. on fundamental things, and they don't. No, they don't. And uh, you know, and that leaves that leaves the Republican Party in this middle land. And they, I, you know, you can argue the only reason we have survived as our republic in these last most recent years, I'd say, you know, since uh, the second term of Bush and. Certainly, first term of Obama's because of conservatives out here saying, "Folks, wait a minute, we we got to make a point here." And and I know a lot of you know a lot of people in your audience that were uh, disheartened to see you know that what two two or three million fewer voters showed up for for Romney than showed up for McCain. Really? I mean, golly! But I, I just want to end on this a positive thought, I think, and that is, you know, all. All is not lost in this most recent uh, election. First of all, um, we still have the United States House of Representatives as, as Republicans, certainly, and I hope as conservatives. And we got to use that. You know, we have to have people that will stand up. Uh, you know, in the Senate and certainly in the House, and be unafraid. Um, you know, to challenge these. Um, uh, these examples of tyranny that are coming out every day, whether they're an executive order or a bad legislation that's coming through, 
we got to have people to stand against that because, you know, if we don't stand uh, with our representatives against tyranny, that's a welcome mat for totalitarianism. That's what's going to happen. And we're going to get run over by that bus. Uh, frankly, I, I think we're already at the footstool of it, Bill. I, I, I think that I don't personally, man, and I'm and I'm very optimistic about things. Mm-hmm. Some folks say that I'm negative. I come across negative, but the truth is negative. You just got to look at it for what it is, and we have to make it positive. And you, you just can't sugarcoat the truth and make it look all pretty and smell nice with sprinkles on it. It is what it is. But I think we're at the footstool of that. And if we don't have something, if we don't have people that will will stand up and and stop being afraid of what everybody thinks of them, and start talking about what they know is true and not what they heard. If we don't have more folks stand up like that, we're in a losing battle, my brother. We're in a losing right. battle and, that can't be won. And here's where that battle has to go. In addition, uh, in the House where there is a majority, here's where we have to go. In, and I'm calling you for North Carolina. I know you broadcast out of North Carolina. Not everybody, not all the states can say this in your your audience of 7 million. But here's what we got in North Carolina. We're going to have a Republican governor. We've got our both houses of our North Carolina legislature, the Senate and the uh, the House. This these folks have to be the firewall under the Tenth Amendment to say no, and not just say no, but throw it back faster than it came in for all of this federal government overreach. And it, beginning with yeah. you know the the uh, House Bill Number Two, essentially the anti Obamacare bill, and. Uh, we need to throw that back out and join other states. Uh, Alabama had a uh, an amendment to their constitution saying exactly that in the past on the on election day, as as I understand. But anyway, that's the positive thing too is that we have the the mechanism in our state to do that. We've got to hold Pat McCrory to be a conservative. Uh, torchbearer and not accept any of this, you know, wiggly spine, you know, Republican stuff that we see way too much in the, in the North, in the North Carolina representation in Washington. We've got to fix that. And the only way it's going to happen is people like you and everybody in your audience who's a conservative, get, get on the horn, get on email and begin to hold these people out. They have an oath of office they took to uphold the Constitution, not to make everybody happy, not to That's secure right. their own reelection, but the oath before God and every one of us that must be upheld. And you and I have to remind them the consent of the governed is you and me, and we've yeah. got to do that. And I think that's the, you know, that's the positive thing that uh, yeah, we kind we, of we, want to back, you know, back into as we conclude this moment. We we can't forget that they these folks work for us. Uh, I, I think that gets lost in in the woodwork somewhere, and and the writing's on the wall, man. A, a lot of people listen to uh, uh, politicians rather than politicians listening to the the majority of the people. It's somewhat majestic when you look at it. I don't know, but hey, man, I I don't. Bill, I, I gotta I gotta go to this call. I want you to stay on here a second because I just got a my I just got a message here from my caller. I call it from France. That's great. Uh-oh, I'm, be, I'm causing an international dispute here. Go ahead. Yeah, he said he, he's stressing my people. You got to give me a chance to get on here. So, once I call out of the 917, man. Anna, how are you? Oh, God. Hey, Paisy, how are you? <laughs> I'm beautiful. I hope you are. Yes, I was listening to this gentleman talking about my people, and I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, it's like everything else. It's like with the, you know, with the African-American community or the Jewish community. We can talk about ourselves, 
All we got <laughs> among us. But when I, someone comes from outside of us and starts talking about us, we're looking at them like, huh? It hurts. <laughs> so I was like, what is he talking about? <laughs> about? And unfortunately, we have to agree with a lot of what he was saying. But at the end of the day, Americans have voted, and for whatever reason it has happened, um, President Obama has been blessed by a lot of set of circumstances, which there is a staggering lack of uh, of um, racial diversity within the Republican Party. It's like we don't we don't come to America to look at an ocean of white people. Yeah, That's well, not hey, Pudgy. Pudgy, yeah. uh-huh. could I jump in here? First of all, I want to say hello to my uh, my lovely French responder here. And, and I, I want to remind you, that comment came from a World War II veteran, and it was only because of our World War II efforts that I think you would probably agree that the only reason that, uh, by the grace of God, that you're speaking French, I think, is your native language, is because of the American forces. My father was a war hero. I was raised in the military. We ate American everything, American ketchup like it was champagne. We (laughs) adore America. That's why I came to live in America. But the thing is that we like everybody else. We we can criticize ourselves, but when a a third party comes and criticizes us, we look at them like, huh? (laughs) Here's one thing I'd like to say. If you, uh, if, what is your first, what is her name? Pudgy, I didn't hear. Anna. Anna, Anna. Anna, when you say the Republican Party is not diverse, you could not possibly have watched the National Re- Republican Convention because what you saw I there. I watched, I watched the election. It was an ocean of uh, extremely um, and um, uh, Caucasian people, and my father, I mean, you know, I'm Jewish, Caucasian, whatever you want to call yeah. it. Yeah. You cannot say there is a tremendous lack of youth and diversity in that party. And, well, and, no, and I, I, party. Anna, Anna, let me suggest a couple of things. Number one, depending upon where you get your news, and I'm, I know Pudgy's talked about this, there's a, there's a massive, um, I think, filter between reality and maybe what is seen as international representation of of the American uh, you know makeup today. But if you watch the Republican National Convention, you saw some of the you saw literally more diversity in voices in the Republican National Convention than you did in the Democrat National Convention. And I think Pudgy would probably agree. I mean, we had Hispanic faces, we had black faces, we had. Every every face that you could imagine, uh, you know, you look across at our governors, uh, Bobby Jindal, uh, and they, they are the the idea that the Republican Party is somehow isolated or or not populated by by you know a, a good cross stretch of America is simply untrue. Now I will tell you that it needs to be even it needs to grow in that but we don't grow in that way by dividing people into different segments and say okay we want our french americans here we want our african americans here we want our irish americans here we do it by being true to conservative values which ultimately appeals to black families to hispanic families to white families when you talk about things like um 
conservative values of smaller government, lower taxes, not taking uh, the lives uh, of uh, of the unborn, not promoting you know homosexual marriage, which is a big issue right now in France. I know uh, these are these are core parts of of what is the Republican Party that everybody can coalesce around, and that's the truth of the issue. The idea that you know somehow we're disconnected is simply manufactured but, news. Yes, but wait a minute, because I'm in New York, and and a lot mm-hmm. of that is completely theories. Because at the end of the day. Only we just went through Sandy, or when we went through Katrina, or whatever. Yeah. There is not one private entity who can do the job that the government is doing now on the ground. No, there I tell you what, one... you're right. You're right when you say that, Anna. And I'm going to say this: private entities will do a much better job than the government. You look at the Baptist, uh, for instance, the Baptist men that I know about that go up and do these things. They do things on the ground. Look at the Billy Graham ministry, much more direct and effective and efficient than any government ability has been shown repeatedly, much faster, much more efficient. The government – go ahead. I, I, excuse me, Bill. I, I think oh. that um, – here's the thing, though, about that, about jobs and, and you know, private entity and, and government intervention where mm-hmm. it deems necessary – I think a large part of what we're missing and, and a lot of where we get lost, me being a conservative and how I believe in the things that I say, I think it gets lost in the translation somehow. When I say private sector, I don't mean private sector doing everything for the entire nation because I know that's unrealistic. We pay taxes for a specific reason, and and the government still yet has a job to do. So, you know, the job that they are doing is part of the job that – we pay them to do already. That's what they're there for. But in terms of doing a better job, I think private industry could do a better job, and I think that they should be allowed to somewhat help out and, and stop using, like, unions. And, you know, it gets it gets offensive when people from the private industry wants to help out the nation, and then the government go, hold on, pump your brakes. I mean, there, That's there, right. That's isn't that's there exactly a problem what with that, though? I mean, if you just look at that, Private citizens can't help private citizens without a problem, and and the government taking offense to that. There's a problem with that. I mean, it, it has to be. If you just look at it for which it stands, it's something wrong with that fundamentally, it and it doesn't make sense. You know, at the, you that know at the end, at the end of the day, I lived in 20 countries, okay, mm. all over mm-hmm. the world, because my father was in the military and then he was a diplomat. But at the end of the day, just the fact that we're able in America. To, and my daughter is African-American, she's an American. Just the fact that in America, America, regardless of if it's a conservative or Democrat or Republican or liberal, at the end of the day, America is really the best example of democracy, democratic behavior Absolutely. and its best behavior. Absolutely. So for one thing, we must give ourselves applause because, you know, we just had a huge election. Uh, and not everybody is happy with the result, but at least people are not going and killing each other over it, and we're just, you know, having a dialogue yeah. about it. And that's really the miracle of the American phenomenon, is that it's not perfect. There's still a lot of work to do, but it's really one of the most democratic, open society on planet Earth now. And that's that's And at the end of the day, like you say, it doesn't matter if you're Democrat, Republican, liberal. At the end of the day, my daughter always say, Mommy, we're Americans first. I mean, everything else is kind of just 
irrelevant. That is beautiful. Yeah, that, agree, that's I a beautiful that's thought, and, and I would progress that. And I would say the common the common enemy to the, everything that you just said, Anna, it, are those things that would peel away that, that voice and that individuality of every American. And there are people yeah. committed, even with their own government, to squash out exactly the thing that you talked about. And uh, and I think that's what we have to be on guard about. Yeah, it's great to have different voices, and we need that. And I think we'll we'll progress to a a better end when we do so. But uh, we have to have those voices. We can't squelch them. We have to uh, protect them. And my concern is that in America today, we are marching. You talk to people. You said you lived in all those countries. If you live under any sense of totalitarianism, I have a friend from Romania here that uh, that says I can't believe. You know that we have these elements in our government that are trying to push us toward that. Uh, a lady from, uh, you know, visitor. We have international companies all around us. RF micro devices, for instance. People come from Beijing and say, "Look, I, I can't believe your country is actually moving toward the very things that I escaped from to come to this country." <laughs> and so I think we have to be realistic. While we we love the romance of exactly what you said, Anna, and I wholeheartedly agree. The American flag is founded on on liberty, and that's endowed by our Creator. And when the government ceases to operate as the protector of the very things that it's designed to do, uh, then we have to be strong in our opposition. Not to say everything's okay and just move forward, because that's the thing that will kill the great American experiment you're talking about. I love it, Bill. Yeah. It- you know, I just wanted to shout out Paji. I'm yeah. so proud of you. I know how many people are to are in are listening now. About six and a half million. Damn! You yeah, remember when you were here? Yeah, we're still a little show, were... man. We're growing though. We're, we're still little bitty. That's little bitty in radio numbers. <laughs> yeah, but still, you know, you should try to uh, you should try to go uh, for. Send, send us all the statistics because you know we we I have a lot of very close um, uh, colleagues who are who work at Sirius Radio, you know, mm-hmm. has Sirius Radio, right? And uh, so send me email us all the statistics uh, so I can try to uh, push it there for you and see if you can get paid real much. I'll do that. I think um, my my plan I, is. I, I, I'll produce the liberal segment. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Anna? See, that's the problem because a lot of people have, have emailed me, man, and I've had meetings with folks and, and conversations with people, and and I'm not going to have a liberal segment. That's that's the issue. <laughs> like, it's the punchy show. It ain't going to happen. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be me, man, and, and what I believe in. Huh? Forget segment, the point of view, the liberal <laughs> point of view. Okay, I, I like the liberal point of view. I, I maybe if I did it five days a week, I have a segment with the liberal point of view. That would and, be beautiful. and Pudgy, but I want to mention here. You know, the greatest the greatest um, uh, gift I ever get is taking the liberal point of view and saying, "Here is where it's at variance with reality," or "Here is where the problem comes." And and I, you know, not that I'm going to become a liberal, but I'm going to use that liberal view. <laughs> To underscore why I believe what I believe, and I will, I'll make this comment, and it may not sit well with my friend Anna, but it's my belief that liberalism has to have corruption in order to exist in a pure form. Conservatism 
has to be void of corruption in order to exist. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't have, you know, conservatives who have corruption. But in its pure analysis and its uh, in its pure form, I believe that to be true. And I can find that in every liberal argument that's out there. And I and uh, and I listen. I'm going to have to go myself, but I appreciate the chance to talk to you, Anna. And I really appreciate the chance to be on the radio with you, Pudgy. You got it anytime, Bill. I appreciate you calling, and, and you know, hey, man, you're welcome, and I'll definitely try to get with you on your show sometime soon. My yeah, friend. yeah, you got my number. I look forward to hearing from you. So does all of our audience, too, okay? Oh. All right, sounds good. Thank you. All right, God bless you. Have a good night. All right, you too. Okay. Anna, that's, uh, that was Bill Flynn from Eagle 980, man, eagle980.com. Try him out. AM radio, I believe, five days a week, every morning from 6 to 8 a.m., if I'm not mistaken. It may be 9. Check him out, eagle980.com. That's Bill Flynn. Anna, yes. I got to ask you, let me take a time out from the politics side of things, man, because you guys in New York, in New York, right? Still in New York? Yes, of course. Okay, you guys just had Sandy, and uh, yes. there's a lot well, going he, on in New York. Can you can you tell us what it's like on the ground in New York? I mean, what what it's like day-to-day out there and, and, and yes. how folks are getting by? First of all, many times, including myself, Constantly does things that we're not supposed to do. Sure. And then we suffer the consequences. So we're not supposed to build so close to the water. We know that for centuries. I mean, the 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 waters have been rising for centuries, and we insist not only in building but in rebuilding on the sands next to the beach. When it's not, it's just not, you know. Then, um, you know, I have a group of engineers and architects I work with, and one thing we need to totally stop doing is putting all the electric generators and all the important database in the basement because that's mm-hmm. the first thing that gets flooded. Mm-hmm. And we know that for over 50 years. Um, I mean, for over 100 years, actually. But we're still doing it. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that mankind does that when a natural disaster strike wouldn't be that damaging if we would listen to to and and follow what we decide when catastrophe happens. Wow. Every time there's a huge catastrophe, we say, well, we're not going to do this, we're not going to do that, and then we go back to doing it exactly the same way. And, you know, we so we keep doing the things the same way, hoping for different results. When it's really completely like immature, you know, it, it we should not be able to do those things. And and um and you know we had an entire neighborhood who was burned down to the ground. Wow! And it's the first time in the history of New York City that you have overnight forty thousand people, mostly middle class, white, mostly predominantly white, overnight uh, homeless. So oh it changed the dynamic because, you know, many times people, including myself sometimes, uh, we have some kind of, uh, we some kind of look down on homeless people without knowing their circumstances. And and I, I stopped doing that many years ago, but I know when, you know when I was younger, I used to do that. Mm-hmm. and think that was the fault of the homeless person to become homeless. When really many times, you know, it's, it's, it's very difficult. It's very tragic for a lot of... We've been blessed because we, we, we 
kind of okay. But, they, you know, when you kind of okay, but everybody around you is, is such in bad shape. Yeah. You don't enjoy it really. And and it's been, and this is not the this is not the last one. We're gonna have a, a bigger, better, a better uh, than Sandy, not not too far away from now because because we insist on behaving in a very destructive manner towards the planet Earth, and really all of what we're seeing is really like the planet Earth shaking. Us like we fleas to the planet Earth. We everything we do, we dig. You know, if the planet Earth was a human being, and if you think what we do to planet Earth on a daily basis, right? Because we we drilling stuff in, the, like in the deep, 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 deep of the Earth. I don't, I don't think so. We, I don't know if we're supposed to drill that deep into the core of the Earth. Mm-hmm. get whatever is there we think is there. I don't think that, I don't know. I'm not an engineer, but all I know is that we abusing Earth so much that it's creating, you know, this is nothing. Within the next 10 years, the heat, the heat is going to be so hot that it's, I don't know if you saw this summer, it was so hot that so all the fish had died We're in dying, the rivers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was fish no oxygen. I, I I don't I you know what I I don't I see I look around Anna and first of all let me let me go back to a comment that you made about homeless because uh, frankly I don't I don't believe that we can be proud as a nation when we have so many people right here in this nation that are without um that's not by right. choice and I think there's something to be said about that and 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 I personally personally believe that uh in the private sector of our communities that we should take it upon ourselves to try to help those people help themselves. Now, granted, I know there are programs out there. I know there are a lot of things out there that, that help people in the system in their lives with uh, going to school and, and job trades and, and this, that, and the other. But frankly, frankly, I, I just don't see as many as I've once seen in the past. But also another thing that I'm seeing, Anna, and I and I've never looked down on homeless people. I I've, I know I've helped more people than I've walked by, and uh, you, you know you kind of want to help everybody when you have a heart like mine. I I, I really want to help everybody if, if I could, but I think a lot of what we're seeing today is folks who don't want to help themselves. And uh, when you even you know I, I I can name several folks that I've helped put in a situation to help themselves. And and they still don't. And you find yourself having to say, okay, well, now I got to figure a way out of this because I'm going to be taken advantage of and this is going to bring me down. And, and I think that's a lot of what we see today and a lot of what we come across is that there are a lot of people out there who believe that someone should, I, 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 I use the term loosely, give them something or someone owes them something or they need some sort of extra incentive to get by than the rest of us. Like I, I know you and I know I know your work, I'll say that. I know your work and, and your work is great, but your work and what you do comes from a, a, a will to succeed, a, a will to hustle, and a will no, to no, just no, get no. out, no, get no, off no, my no, ass no, and get busy. Much, let me be much blunter with you. I'm the head of my household and the drive I always had is that to provide for my family. So sure. it's not a 
when you're a parent, as you know, because you have a lot of children, it's not sure. an option. If you want to work, not go to work, whatever, you got to go to work to feed your family. It's not a if but whatsoever. But everybody doesn't feel like that. It, it, that's how it is to you, and that's how it is to me. But I'm telling you, everybody does not feel like that. There are a lot of people who don't feel like that. They don't feel like it's up to them to make their day go by. They don't feel like it's up to them to take care of their family. They feel like, I'm going to do this, and if I'm sick of it, it's somebody else that can help me. I see it all the time. And and, and I think I think that view or that understanding is, is not natural. That, that's unnatural. Because we, we're, we're born naturally with the survival instinct. I, I mean, look at our bodies alone, Anna, for example. Like you said about the earth, and maybe that's the reason why we're having these earthquakes and these storms. I don't know. But look, our just take our bodies, for example. If you were to cut your skin, your, your blood would try its best to clot on its own without any help. Your heart will pump harder and try to keep blood flowing through those veins when you inter, inter, uh, uh, interrupt that vein flow or interrupt that blood flow from vein to vein. Our bodies want to survive. It's naturally like that. There's nothing we can do about it. You know, there's nothing we can change about our bodies wanting to survive. We're built like that. We're born like that, and that's just how it is. But in a society, a lot of people don't live like that. They don't have the the the, the, the knack to, you know, um, make it by all means. They, they don't have the knack to just get out and, and, and make it happen no matter what, even if it takes me 23 hours out of 24 hours in a day. You know, people. I, I hear people that have nothing and don't want to sweep floors for a living, and and to me that's just ridiculous. I mean, how can you have nothing and still have a judgment or a view on what job you want? I don't. I don't get that. I'll never understand that. I'll never get that. And that's a lot of what. That's a lot of what we're faced today, and and that's a lot of what we come across today. So it makes people like you and I say, you know what, the hell with this. Let me go on about my business because these folks don't want to help themselves. And that's no race of people. That's just people in general today. Right. But you know, at least I mean, at the the I think the me. I'm happy that we raised my daughter with uh, you know value for hard work, and she's Amen. out there working hard. Because at the end of the day, if you teach your children the value of hard work and self-sufficient, you do them a favor because they they will always strive to work and provide for themselves. That's right. That's exactly right. We we definitely try to do that. And, and you know, while we're talking about kids, though, shout out to my son, Reed, Reed, Tyreek Miller, man. He celebrates his ninth birthday tomorrow. He's a big boy. Uh-oh. Now, tenth birthday tomorrow. I don't know why I said ninth. Tenth birthday tomorrow. I got so many kids, I can't even remember how old they are. It's sad, eh? That's great, buddy. So when are you coming to New York? I will be in New You know what? I was supposed to be in New York with uh, uh with an electronics company. Well, no, Massachusetts actually, but through New York. I don't know when I'm going to be there, Anna. I have no idea, and um, I need to try to get okay, there soon. You, know you know what? Um, email me. Um, uh, I will text you my email again because on uh, March second, Saturday, March second, we're organizing at uh, North Carolina State University mm-hmm. a conference called Business Pitch. We're trying to bring Damon John, you know, from Shark Tank, the CEO, but we're doing business pitch. So it'll be online soon, and I'll um, I'll um, send you the email me, and I will send you the information. I will send you the information is where people can go online and come and pitch their 
business ID, a company ID to a group of um, investors, investors and business I love it. people. I love it. You can yeah. add me to that right now. That that's that's actually our initiative for next year. With um, shout out to Rashad Woods, my brother Rashad, my brother Kevin Daniels. Uh, those are my partners in loving the Loving Father Society, an organization that we have nonprofit. That's our initiative for next year, and uh, you know. All politics aside, and, and and I'll definitely be involved because I think fiscally I, I have to be for people who won't speak out for themselves. I'm going to try my best to be that voice and and you know you know go to the state house and deal with these politicians when other people other folks don't want to and bring that information back to people directly in their face without sugarcoating it and tell them exactly what it is. But that's our total a total initiative for next year is to promote business. And individual wealth and individuality. This, these are the things that we're going to do. We got a, a tour called the Push Tour that we're starting January 25th in, in Wilson, North Carolina. We got other cities and other dates. I know we're going to be in Virginia. Um, looking at being in New Jersey, maybe New York can be on the schedule. Um, Florida, all on the East Coast, man. We're going to be in Tennessee too, by the way. Hopefully, get out in LA. We will be in Vegas at the Luxor Hotel and Casino. I, I know, Shout out to I them. I know you need some someone to capture all of that on film or on video. So remember me, I can film, you know? Absolutely, and and, and that's your specialty, and I, and I won't forget you in that either, Anna, because you do a great job. Shout out to Deepak Trevoza. I, I know you did tremendous work for Deepak, man, and, and I feel like every every time I see Deepak, I think of Anna because to me, and I know he did his thing with Oprah, right? But I, I think of you because to me, you put Deepak on the map. He would not have done no, any of that stuff. No, 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 no. Hold so up, hold up, hold up. Because this, this is what I know is true. This part I know is true, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to take Deepak's credit. I'm not, you know, trying to take his credibility or anything like that and give it to you. But this is what I know is true, and I'm not kissing your ass. I'm just telling you what I know. If it wasn't for you, Deepak wouldn't have started doing those individual videos that he did. I can say that, and they wouldn't have looked the way that they looked. You guys started that, and I think you guys started the trend right there in this house. And, and kudos to you, man. You know, Shout out to you, know, you for that. Also, next year, okay, so write down that Saturday, March 2nd, but I will let you know. I will text you, and you text me back your email address. But also, next year, you know, Bill Duke is very close to us, and he yeah. has raised my daughter. I know Big Bill. Was, yeah, he's turning seven years old next year. Is so he? we're organizing a big, <laughs> big event for his foundation, Duke Media Foundation dot org. Everybody should go to the website. It's a phenomenal organization and they teach uh high school students about film, television, production technique and also financial literacy and we wanna try to go out and and organize a huge event for Bill Duke next year. I like that. I don't even know why I haven't tapped on Bill to get him on this show, man. I need to get him on so he can talk about all the positive stuff he's done out there. Because a lot of people don't know the story, man. And, and and that's a story in itself right there, Anna. Yeah, email me and then I'll put you in touch with him and his uh, office. All right, that sounds like a I plan right there. Yeah, I got to go, but I text you um, and you text me back your new email address and then... um. I talk to you soon, you know. Congratulations, and I send my love to you and your family. I really appreciate it, Anna, and, and we'll definitely be in touch, man. And, and maybe we can get that thing, get that push tour in New York. That'll be a good look. And you can also come out. I, I think you can help me. You can come out and tell people how oh, to yeah. get started in this film business, man. And I, I think that's B.I.G., in the media side anyway. Well, I have a camera. The camera's at 20 bucks now. Go out and film. <laughs> if you want to film, go out and film. 
Use your iPhone. Whatever. I love it. See, that's capitalism okay. at its best, man. Shout out to you, Anna. Much love to you, man. And we'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye. All right, goodbye. That was Anna, man. I ain't, you know, I ain't got to put a last name out there. Kareel Groomberg, if you guys want to know. Uh, you listen to the KRP Radio Show, KIRP Radio, the number one black conservative show, Southeastern United States, and we do it B-I-G, baby. Find us on Twitter, at symbol KIRP Radio Show, at symbol NC Pudgy. Also got to give another shout out to my man Bill Flint, AM Eagle Radio 980, Eagle 980. Com, AM Radio, Bill Flynn, congressional candidate, NC, baby. I mean, you never know who's going to call in this show, man. Hey, we got celebrities, we got regular folks, we got good folks, we got bad folks, liberals, conservatives. You rocking with Pete, man. We'll be right back. If money talks, I got my masters in communication. But I don't run it, I run it for a hundred. Ever since I was a young and been hungry, it's Paul Bunyan. Bunyan been so fixed to plumbing. I'm a beast in the game, you run it. And if this ain't what you call hip hop, it must be bungee jumping. East side on my arm, three stripes on my sneakers. And even if they slip us, they better be Adidas. Sixty thousand North Carolina families are affected by autism. One out of every one hundred ten children born today will be diagnosed with autism. If you have any questions or need support, we can help. The Autism Society of North Carolina can be reached at eight hundred four four two two seven six two. Again, that's eight hundred four four two two seven six two. Remember, 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism, and one out of every 110 children born will be diagnosed with autism as well. If you need to reach them by the web, the address is www.autismsociety-nc.org. You can also reach them on Facebook, Twitter, and you can reach them on YouTube. Love somebody today. Your number one black conservative radio show, talk radio, online, Southeast United States, baby. You know, I got a lot of of diversity out there, man. A lot of diverse listeners out there. Whether you're Democrat, Republican, liberal, conservative, green, peace, freedom, makes no difference to me. Atheists don't care. Bottom line is simply this. Your last breath here is your first breath in eternity. Where are you? doing what we do, you know, it takes a lot of time to just prepare for one show per week. I mean, a lot of time, and there's a lot of people working into these shows. Uh, there's a lot of phone calls, there's a lot of emails that go back and forth into the show. So, you know, it's, it's a lot of work that's being done, and a lot of study, and a lot of late nights, um, conversations of all sorts, and uh, a lot of research. I mean, it's fulfilling man. just to see it. I mean, it, like, all the volunteers are happy, people are smiling, people are eager to help. Yeah. You know, a lot of people are eager to help, man. And, want to help. That's yeah. what that's what yeah. the good thing about it. Want to come out and help. And I, I just think that this, you know, as much as they do it, it's going to keep getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. Well, we're going to keep doing it over and over and over. Keep organizing, make it a little bigger. Help you in every time you need one. 
I got all my kids out here helping. So. Yeah, man. With over 4.4, or at 4.5.4 million listeners out there, one day that'll be billion. With your support, we're on our way to the top, and I appreciate you guys for rocking with us. We're on Facebook. That's Facebook.com backslash KIRP Radio Show. We're also on Twitter, at symbol KRP Radio Show, at symbol NC Pudgy. If you got a comment, 619-638-8559. Don't forget, we're also on iTunes. you listen to the KRP Radio Show with me, your boy, at NC Pudgy. Welcome back to the KRP Radio Show. As my producer just played that old ad that I guess he forgot we had on here. But anyway, it's all good, man. We have 6.5 million listeners today. And uh, shout out to everybody who's been rocking with us since 5.5 or 4.5 or whatever was on that commercial, man. Because we're moving on up like the Jeffersons. I mean, do y'all really know the Jeffersons song? I just thought about that. Does anybody know the words, the actual words to the Jeffersons song? Because... We learned something recently. Well, not recently. Maybe a maybe a year or two ago. My wife and I was we were watching Dave Chappelle, and uh, they were singing the, the Good Time song. And I'm not. I think everybody knows. You know, Good Times. When the I, I can't remember how it goes now, but I always thought just that part. And and I know this got nothing to do with the show, but I always thought that one part in Good Times was was uh. I I never knew. I never knew what that was. I, I never knew what that was. I just used to. I, I never knew what it was. I just used to make up something, like like all of us did. But the line is actually hanging in the child line. See, I I just taught y'all something for all the folks out there who don't know what in the world I'm talking about. Go to YouTube and uh, look up the Good Times theme song, and uh, then you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. When it gets to that point, that hangs in the child line, you'll know that it's in. Hanging in the child line. Anyway, shout out to everybody out there listening to the show, man. You guys are B.I.G. Thanks for listening to the show. Find us on Twitter, at symbol K-I-R-P radio show, at symbol N.C. Pudgy. It's me. Uh, I definitely want to touch on these job these job loss situation. And, and I know we only have about 10 minutes remaining in the show. But uh, recently, there has been... <clears throat> a lot of uh a lot of job loss <clears throat> excuse me out in in the United States there's there's been uh there's been a few companies out there who have uh either laid folks off or they have just closed altogether and you know you you hear a lot of you hear a lot of talk about you know why people are doing what and and you know why people are uh laying off and and in terms of the election and you know what the election had to do with you know people laying off and and this that and the other and I, i'll say this folks um man i really want to go into deep detail about it maybe we'll just do a part 2 next week but a lot of a lot of us thought at least I thought that maybe that it wasn't a joke because I'm, I mean, I, I, I'm a businessman at the end of the day and, and I, 
If I don't understand anything else, I definitely understand numbers. And I'm pretty quick on my feet with numbers most of the time. Maybe not as sharp as some of you other folks out there, but I'm, I'm pretty sharp with numbers. But anyway, uh, uh, budgets at least. But anyway, um, a lot of us probably thought that it was just talk or it was a joke um, when we saw the statements on the news or we heard folks talking about it in, in different groups. And um, I I can't say that I thought it was a joke, but it was it was kind of. I don't know what it was. I don't even know how to explain it. I don't. I really don't know how I took it. But when people said uh, that they were going to close their business if Barack Obama won election, I just didn't take it as serious as as maybe I should have. And I've I've crunched the numbers with Obamacare. I, I've I've heard you know different speakers talk about it. I've seen different studies. I, I get it. I didn't fully support uh, Obamacare for which it stands the way that they did it. I, I do. I'm, I'm not a fool, folks. I love God's people. I do understand that, you know, in this country, uh, uh, medical, there there's a need for um, medical help or medical assistance. And and I did feel like that the uh, the medical industry or the healthcare industry was, um a little absurd with their 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 laws and their the things that they did. I just thought it was a little bit off base or I I just felt like the healthcare industries were crooks uh with a lot of the things that they did, especially when in terms of um dropping coverage for folks and and you know charging these astronomical rates for people with pre-existing conditions. Now granted, I get it. I do understand if you smoked all your life, you got cancer, you you're gonna pay more trying to get health insurance. I, I get that. I, I I really do get that. Anyway, make a long story short, um I just didn't take it serious. I guess that's how I gotta put it. I didn't I didn't believe that when people said they were gonna close their business if, if President Obama was reelected, I didn't believe that it would I didn't think about the whole premise of that comment. I mean that 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 comment alone is deeper than what most people realize. It's not you you got to understand this. I, I hear a lot of people out there. I see a lot of comments. Uh, the social media really blows it up with without you know a lot of substance. But a, a lot of people say you know what well, it's just racist. You know these white folks don't want da 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 da, or you know these folks just don't like President Obama and they're doing this da 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 da. And 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 I understand, but I, I think that. I think that there's more substance in that comment. Now, if, whether someone was trying to be spiteful or not or threatening or not in saying that, maybe so. You know, maybe people were saying that as, as you know, coming off like a threat or, or you know, trying to uh, scare somebody into not voting for the president. I'm just calling it like I see it. That's that's probably what it was. I think it was more of a promise than a bet, though. I, I You know, I, I think people, well, where we're seeing it now, people really meant what they were saying. But I think those comments that people make, I think it was honest business in making that comment, but I, I think that it was kind of manipulative to the point where uh, these folks knew that if the president was elected and and the health care bill wasn't, uh, uh, um, wasn't revamped at least, I'll just say revamped at least, um, I think people knew that they couldn't afford 
to continue running their company for a profit or for the profits that they wanted to make. Now, I don't know if everybody believes that, but I'm just telling you from a business standpoint, there are business owners that wake up in the morning and go, you know what? If this happens, I'm going to close my business tomorrow. Business professionals do not think like that. And and especially multimillionaire and billionaire corporations, they don't it doesn't work that way. Whether we want it to work that way or not, for the benefit of us being right or wrong, it just doesn't work like that. These folks aren't going to cut their pockets to prove a point to you or me or anybody else. It's just not going to happen. And and if you really sit down and think about it and be honest with yourself, if you really sit down and think that a company like Hostess would say, you know what, if this guy, whether he's president, congressional, or, or, or any other candidate out there, if this guy is elected or this woman is elected, we're going to close our company. So you got to think about the complexity of that statement. Think about it like this. This is what they're really saying. If if you believe that they think that way, here's what you're agreeing with. You agree that a, a person who makes, uh, let's say, $1 million, a person that makes $1 million a year will will cut their pockets, will cut their money, will cut themselves off of the money that they make because they're mad that somebody got elected. Folks, if you really believe that, you got to be off your rocker. Because I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you right now, there's no multimillionaire out there that thinks like that. Not a one. There's not one millionaire out there who makes a profit that's going to cut their profits just because they're pissed off that somebody got elected. There are real live numbers tied to this stuff. There are real live percentages tied to this stuff. There are real live profit numbers that or profit and percentages and, and EBITDA that is a, that is attributed to those statements. They didn't, just, they didn't just wake up one day and say, you know what, I'm going to close my business if President Obama get elected. These people are looking at payroll, they're looking at the P&Ls, and they're going, you know what, if this guy is elected, according to what he says he wants to do, and it's not repealed, we're not going to be able to make it. I'm not going to be able to continue on like I'm doing. I'm not going to be able to build my house. You know, I, I know that there was a guy out there in uh, Florida a business owner, he was building the biggest house in Florida. I can't remember the company that he uh, that he owned, and and he was the main guy that you know you know all the blogs and all the news sources were talking about. He was the one that says, you know what, if you know President Obama is reelected, I'm not gonna I'm gonna close my business. So I'm I'm gonna uh, yeah I'm gonna lay off X amount of people. I'm gonna close my business. You got to understand that. This man had already done the numbers, and if you look into his business, and I remember reading where he quit building that house. He stopped. He stopped building on that house, and he started taking his investments, his profits, excuse me, and dumping it back into the business. And it turns out that he ended up letting go 600 people. And, and I just can't – you have to Google that and check that out, folks, or, or uh, Bing it or whatever. Search it. It's online somewhere. But um, and I don't remember the name of the company, the corporation. But the man stopped building on his house. He was building the biggest house in Florida, I might add. He stopped building on his house, started dumping that money into his business, trying to save his business. So when President Obama got elected, he already knew the forecast of his business. He already had projections. I mean, these people have some of them have shareholders. You know, they got other other management staff, executive management staff, uh, maybe a board. 
And you don't you don't just wake up one day as a business owner and make that decision that you're going to close your business because someone got elected. You know, there are other folks that have helped in determining that factor whether you're going to open or close your business or not. So there are a lot of businesses out there that are closing in direct correlation to the president being reelected because of what he said he's going to do. And fiscally, you can't blame anybody you know, for saying, hey, you know what, I can't afford to continue making this amount of money, so I'm going to stop. I mean, we make those decisions every day. For a lot of folks, when you own a business, it takes you five, sometimes longer to make, you know, to get into black. You know, a lot of people are operating in the red for the first few years, so when you finally get to the point where you're making a profit, you're saying, okay, hey, I'm, I'm doing something now. So now I can get more innovative. Now I can find different ways to make money. Now I can I can tweak my business a little bit, or I can take a chance a little bit, or maybe I can, I can increase my payroll, and, you know, maybe I can open another store, and you start thinking, you know, more productive once you're making a profit back on your investment, once you're making an ROI, you start thinking, okay, maybe I can do something different. This is the way business owners think, folks. These are the way that that uh, uh, these multi-million-dollar companies are thinking. They're thinking in ways of production and profits. So when and when something comes along and directly tells you that, okay, no matter what you offer your employees already. You got to offer them more because we said so. Whether your employees are asking for it or not, you got to you got to offer more. So you you know you got to ask yourself where's that money coming from. Now some people believe that it should be trickled down to the consumer. There are a lot of people out there that believe that, like Papa John's, for example. I, you know, for right or wrong, I don't even eat Papa John's pizza. But for right or wrong, I don't want to have to pay more for a Papa John's pizza because something that the president did, even though it's offering health care that I don't even see being beneficial for the whole country in the first place. So why should the consumer have to pay more for this man to continue making the profit in his business that he needs to make if that's, that, that's even the case? You know, for a lot of businesses out there, they don't even know if raising their, price, raising their retail prices is going to make get that money back or going to keep their profits up the way that they've been up. Or if they're going to be able to continue to operate under the the new restrictions or the new requirements that they have to endure, so we don't know what's going to happen in the future in this company in this country. We don't know if this is just the beginning to a a massive major uh, uh, corporate layoff in this country. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if the the private sector is going to close. You know, like all get out. We don't know if a bunch of small businesses are just going to start closing. You know, here, there, and everywhere. We don't really know, but all we do know is that we have a mandate for health care, and it's affecting the whole country, even people who don't own businesses. And, and let me tell you, folks, a lot of voters never saw that. A lot of voters did just like me, and they didn't believe that. But now we're seeing it. I mean, the, the list goes on. And I've got a list of corporations that close. you got uh, uh, Welch & Lynn, a company that manufactures medical diagnostic equipment, in, uh, in in Central New York, I think they announced in September that they were going to lay off 275 people or, or like roughly 10 percent of their workforce over the next few years. You got Dana, you know, Dana Holding Corp, 24 million potential loss or, or you know, they warned their employees of the potential losses based off what, you know, uh, uh, President Obama said he was going to do and how it would affect their company, their company. 
So I mean, you, you're talking 24 million over the next six years, in addition to additional to the the healthcare expenses that they were going to have to endure. They can't afford that, and that's after laying off several white collar staffers. Uh, I, I even read where some company insiders they hinted that there was more layoffs to come, and this is a profound company. I mean, that company would have to somehow cover 24 million dollars of costs somehow. How are you going to add that back to the consumer? How are you going to give that kind of money back to the consumer? It, it's impossible. That's like thirty thousand. Uh, it's like thirty thousand dollars worldwide for them. That that cuts in their workforce, or, or would equate to numerous cuts in in their workforce up to the tune of like thirty thousand. Striker, there's Boston Scientific. Uh, you got Smith and Nephew. They laid off seven hundred and seventy layoffs. They had seven hundred and seventy layoffs. Let me go to my list. You got Abbott Labs, who laid off uh, seven hundred people. Covidian. Uh, they laid off 595 people. Connect. I mean, the list goes on, and I'm just here to say that these people aren't waking up one day and saying that, you know what, I don't want to continue making the money that I made. And just to prove a point, just to piss everybody off, I'm going to lay off or I'm going to close my company. It does not work that way. You know, there are a lot of us out there that don't like our boss. Speak for yourself. Mine is cool. <laughs> a lot of you guys probably go to work and you don't like your supervisor, you don't like your boss, or you don't like your hours. But every day you wake up and you get yourself prepared and you go to that job until you can afford to do something different. And the reason you do that is because you got bills, you have responsibilities, you need to make a living, you need an income, you need your profits because your profits are the difference of the bills, the money that you have remaining from the bills that you pay from receiving that check from that job. You just don't wake up one day and say, you know what, uh, I don't like my supervisor, man. I'm not going to work today. What happens if you do that? You cut yourself off. So you got to apply that to these corporations, man, and stop believing all this this, this, this spin media when people out there trying to fool you. These people are closing their, their jobs or they're closing their businesses because they can't afford to operate the same. So if your bills are at a certain point, you got to know that their bills are at a certain point too. And if something drastic changes that, they can't afford to operate and you can't afford to operate either. You know, that's equivalent to your 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 company coming to you saying, hey, you know what, you've been a good worker and I appreciate everything you've done. But because of recent events or because I had to add more equipment for you guys to work with, I'm going to have to cut your payback a quarter hour. Who could really afford that that's working in middle America today? Who can afford a, a quarter an hour reduction? It's going to make you have a fit. But in terms of in terms of where the government what the government has done with healthcare, it's a bit more than just a quarter hour for a lot of these companies out here that employ us. So what is that going to do to the system? If you if you look at it from an overall aspect, that's gonna that's gonna bankrupt the system because it's gonna take more people that was working that was paying for somewhat most of their healthcare, if not all of their healthcare. It's going to make a lot of those corporations close because they can't afford to operate under those new laws. And those people that work for those corporations are going to be without jobs, so they won't be able to pay for any of their health care. And then what happens? It's going to be more people that have to defend on the federal government for health care, not being able to pay anything. What do you think that's going to do to the system? That's going to bankrupt the system. These things aren't just happening and I'm not the smartest man in the world, but I know these economists have seen this stuff. I know the federal government sees this. So you got to ask yourself, like, why is this really happening? What's more important? 
Is it more important keeping these folks working and keeping these com- these companies open by not doing a, a, a revamp of healthcare, or is it more important revamping the healthcare system and whoever can whoever can swim let them swim and whoever sink just gonna sink? I mean, you you really got to understand what's going on here, man. And the whole overall aspect of of what we're seeing to me is is a beginning you know like i told bill flynn earlier i think we're at the footstool of a fundamental change in this country i know people think that the end of the world is coming and i, and I don't believe like it, it's the end of the world right now i don't think the mayans predicted the end of the world being in a, in a couple weeks or or by the end of the year but i will say this folks i think that there is going to be a change fundamentally for for something that you know, or a drastic change in something in this nation that we once viewed one way, and I, and I think that's going to change somehow. You know, I, I think that they will be a change. There will be a change uh, in some things, if not most things, in this country that we once saw one way. I, I do believe that there's going to be a fundamental change in this country somehow. So America will not be the America that we once knew. It may be the end of something, and and I think that something is just America for which it stood. I think we're going to see something totally new just in terms of the financial sector. I won't even get on social issues, but just looking at it financially. Anyway, man, shout out to everybody out there. That's my time. We're going to do a part two next week, man, because I got a lot more to say about that. I'll invite some more guests on the show, and we'll talk about it. We'll kick it. Shout out to all my guests tonight. Shout out to all you guys. I appreciate you guys for rocking with me on the KRP Radio Show. Next week, same time, same place, we're going to rock. And uh, every Sunday, 8 p.m. on the KRP Radio Show, KRPRadioShow.com. Thank you guys for listening. That's my time for tonight. I got to go. One love. Real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real, real Only gon' recognize, still, still I reckon I will Like we always do with this time I go for mine, I get to shine Now throw your hands up and